0: Everybody doing well? It is so good to see you here this uh, this morning. How many of you had a great week last week? Anybody have a great week last week? Kinda, sorta, you know. I had a good week last week. I hope you had a good week as well. I I, I know for all of us, we're probably very busy with life and uh, and whatnot. But uh, it, it, God's really up to some amazing things. This yesterday, I was officiating uh, the second wedding I've done in October Uh, October seems to be a month of weddings and uh, it it usually is and and uh, I was just reminded of just how God is working in the lives of so many people you know weddings can be a very beautiful thing and and it's just amazing to see young couples come together for marriage but uh, but it's in the midst of that that wedding yesterday that I just I realized and I was reminded by God that you know God is at work in our church he's at work in people's lives and and, uh, and that's why we come and we gather here uh, on Sunday morning so we can hear the stories like we heard here, where people are sort of giving testimony to what diversity means for them. But but also, I just love hearing the stories from from you guys uh, each Sunday as we as we share a video, as we share a, a video testimony of how God's working in your life. And, uh, and, and I love gathering with you on Sunday morning. I tell you, it, it's really amazing for us to be able to come and just gather together, knowing that... That God is the one who is responsible for bringing us together Uh, this morning we are in our seventh week of this series called salt and light Uh, we've been kind of marching through it; it's it's flown by hasn't it so it's uh, it's one of these things where we've been kind of just marching through every week in the first part of this series we focused on what it means to be the the salt of the earth and then over the next couple of weeks we're going to finish out this series really sort of um, looking at what it means to be the light of the world you know Jesus he Proclaimed to us he declared to us that we are the light of the world I, I love what he says in Matthew five fourteen through 16. He says these words He says you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket But on a stand and it gives light into all the house in the same way Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father Who is in heaven. And so what does it mean to be the light of the world? I mean, this is what this series is all about, for us to discover what it means to be the light of the world. And we're going to continue to look at that here today, but just a few reminders of things we've talked about as we prepare to dive into God's Word this morning, even before we pray. And, And it's this, that one, as a church, we must stand committed to reaching our communities in which we live, work, and play. This is the great commission that Christ has given us. He has given us the command, if you will, to go out into our communities and and to proclaim the gospel. In fact, to carry it beyond our communities and and even to the ends of the earth. And so we are called by Christ as followers of Christ, as children of God, to, to be the light of the world. This is something that he has commanded us to do. So as a church, we must remain committed to that to that process to being the light of the world and then also and this is important this is some of the things that we've been talking about in this series is that we must also uh, stand firmly on the Word of God uh, to define our identity and our activity we must go to the Word of God and look at who we are in Christ Jesus allowing the Word of God to to set the tone for who we are in uh, and and where our identity lies, our identity doesn't lie in all the things that the world says our identity lies in. It 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 lies with Christ Jesus. And so, these things are very important for us, especially as we consider going out into the community and being the light of Christ. As we uh, uh, talk about going out into our community and being the salt of the earth. And so, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we're going to uh, talk about over the next couple of weeks as we wrap up this series. And, uh, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about today's message. It's, it's one that is going to really, uh, I think, help us in understanding how to be the light of the world. But more than that, it, it's one that's going to empower us to continue doing what God has called us to do and and really who we are. And so let me pray for us and then we're going to dive into God's word here together. Pray with me if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we just thank you for Your presence in this place, God, as we have come here and gathered together in a spirit of truth, uh, a spirit of love, God, we recognize that you are dwelling here with us, that you are are a part of what's happening here, Father, as we have lifted our voices in song and, and praise and just adoration, and Lord, we have worshiped you with all that we are this morning. God, we have recognized that you are moving and stirring among us, and, and Lord, we are thankful for that. We're thankful for your presence, and we're we're thankful, God, for your word, which helps us to understand, Lord, our role as children of God. We thank you for your word that, that challenges us and convicts us when necessary, but we thank you for your word that encourages us and sends us out into the world uh, to be the light of the world, to be... Uh, an example to the world for Christ God because of everything that you have done in our hearts and in our lives and father we are so thankful for this gathering we're thankful for this church we're thankful that we can come together and be truly a faith family and so God as we prepare to dive into your word this morning I pray that you would prepare our hearts that you would open our our minds and our ears that we could hear and God as we as we explore uh, your word today God stir in our hearts teach us what it is that you want to teach and God lead us where you want us to lead we love you and we praise you in Jesus name amen ever since i guess the fall of man there's been such disunity and discord and 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 really division in the world as it relates to human beings living among each other and and, and thriving among each other ever since the fall of man there's just been such discord and we we know this all we have to do is take a quick look at at history and what that reveals to us is is conflict after conflict and and uh, war against war and or after war and riot after riot we see this all around us we we see it in our history and we see it in our world today and, and we see such violence and hatred and all of these things that exist in our world, and as we think about those things, we 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 begin to look at them, and we don't like them as 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 children of God, as followers of Christ Jesus. We we don't like what we see on TV. We don't like what we read in history about all of the conflict that exists in our world today. But it shouldn't really surprise us, I guess, because of the the depravity of man, the sin nature that exists in our world. It really shouldn't surprise us that we see this kind of discord and this kind of this sort of Uh, disunity in the world we see we see nations against nations we see cultures against cultures we see religion against religion we see political view against political view we see all kinds of things in the world in which we live in and it really should not surprise us it's just the way things are but what should surprise us is when we begin to see that sort of uh, division and that sort of discord in the life of the church that's when it should surprise us. If we think about everything that Jesus is, if we think about everything that he came to this earth to accomplish, if we think about all that he means to us as children of God and what he has done in our life and what he's done in our heart and what he's supposed to what he's doing in the church, then it really should surprise us when we begin to see division in the church when we begin to see walls built up around the church to protect the church from the world when we begin to see all of those things when we know that Jesus has called us to go out into the community and be the light of the world it should really surprise us that we struggle with those same issues ourselves because of what Jesus has already done in our life this morning, we're going to be talking about a very important issue or topic, if you will. We're going to be looking at the issue of diversity, diversity. Uh, if you will, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. That's where we're going to be camping out here this morning. But we're going to be looking at the issue or the topic of diversity, and we're going to be talking about the truth of unity. You could fill that in with the truth of community. Community. We talk a lot around here about what community is and what it's supposed to be, and, and that we are, in fact, uh, as, as, a, as a local gathering, a community within itself, uh, we are a community within a community. And even in our life groups, there's community. Even in our, our ministries here at the church, there's community. And so we talk a lot about that. But what we're going to be looking at today is diversity, and how that relates, or how that applies to Christian unity in the church, and how that applies to Christian community in the life of the church you know uh, in Ephesians here we, we begin to see something really really amazing that uh, that that the the word of God is is teaching us and and as I look at this text with you this morning as we read through this together uh, I, I understand that the shock factor uh, of this text is probably not going to be there for us it's it's probably one of those things as we look at this text. It's, it's probably one that we have read through as just uh, children of God reading through the Word of God. We you maybe have read this passage or maybe you've heard it preached before. But but one of the things that I think happens when you read through texts like this, passages like this, is is that uh, we don't recognize the 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 real shock factor in in what the Word of God is is revealing to us here in Ephesians chapter one and two. Paul is, is he's presenting to us the great narrative, if you will, of God's plan for salvation. And so he's talking about the, the reality of, uh, uh, that, that God loved us so much. He loves us unconditionally that he was willing to, to send his son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of sin. And so he's talking about this. In other words, he sums all of this up this plan of salvation, this narrative that he is teaching us in this letter, he sums it all up in Christ Jesus, in Jesus Christ. And so as we read through this, we, we read this, and as believers especially, we read the, through this, and the temptation for us is to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, it makes sense. I mean, it, it just it doesn't have the effect on us that, here's what I want to say, that it certainly had on the original readers of this letter. And so I want to I talk about that just a little bit before we dive into the Word, because this is a very profound passage of Scripture. Uh, one of the things that we know is that the original reader of this text, those who Paul was writing to, this church in Ephesus, and this was one of his letters, that he wrote to a local church, but it was also a letter that is is known as sort uh, a circular uh, a circulating letter. So it was intended for the Ephesians, but it was meant to also go out to other churches. And so, as he's writing this letter, he is dealing with something that that is uh, that, that as the reader read this passage, he would have been just sort of slapped in the face over this because you see, there existed there existed in his day a hostility between. The Gentiles and the Jews a hostility if you will there was a separation up to this point the, most of your believers in Christ Jesus most followers of Christ Jesus at this point were, were people who were Jewish people who had converted to Christianity they, they had they had been saved by the grace of God and so they were Jewish people and the Jewish believers of the Jewish Christians at this point in in the New Testament uh, history As they were going out and proclaiming the gospel, they were proclaiming it with this idea that it was for other Jews. And so what Paul is doing here, he's writing and he's revealing something to them that the gospel is not just for the Jewish people, it's also for the Gentiles. And so this is going to be one of those things that is going to bring a little bit of pushback as they see this text, they're going to be offended by this because they don't necessarily like it because what they they don't have in their hearts is this idea of diversity. And so they are really pushing back on this, and, and he is writing, he is explaining to them that there's this ethnic hostility, this racial hostility, if you will, and, it, and it's huge for them to understand what he is speaking about As he dives into the Word of God, as he writes this this passage that we're going to be reading here today, our text today talks about the dividing wall of hostility, that dividing wall, that wall that that Jesus Christ broke down, that wall of hostility that exists between uh, the person who is hostile toward God, or an enemy of God, or not a friend to God, uh, who is made uh, a friend of of God through the work of Christ Jesus. And so he's he's mentioning this, but he's speaking of this truth as he points to this idea that diversity is part of the gospel. And so we're going to be looking at this this morning. We're going to be diving into this. Uh, today, as we read this, we, we begin to think about even the walls that exist in our world today. There's a lot of Barriers if you will that that sort of prevent us from sharing the gospel with people that are different than us and they exist I mean we could only be honest with ourselves if we admit that and so we we must look at that we must try to understand it I want to give you a few examples before we read the text I believe that one of the barriers that exist in the life of the church today is a generational barrier or a generational wall and here's what I mean by that Oftentimes, people my age and even older, people my age, and, and, and I see Billy laughing because he knows just how old I am, right, Billy? But but people my age, they, they tend to look at the younger generation and think they have lost their mind, you know? Because a lot of the things that they do just doesn't make sense. And so we as older people, we look at that, we just don't get it. We, it, it doesn't make sense to us. Sometimes their humor is something in, in which we just we just don't we can't laugh at because it doesn't make sense to us and i'll give you an example this morning and we were in the uh the green room the the worship team most of them you know are 12 or under as you know and, and so they uh we're, we're gathering in the in the in the green room and we're spending that time preparing for the service and and uh, i feel like the odd man out every single sunday because i walk in and it's kind of like all rise you know it's like you know the the great elder has walked in or something and and, and so I walk in and, and so I, I go in there and we, we have our time of talking about the service and then we have our time of prayer it's real sweet and then as usual there's a few minutes left over and they begin to just talk about things that are going on in their life and I look at that and I, I just feel like they're speaking a different language it doesn't make sense to me they're laughing somebody throws out a little joke or something and they all get it but me you know It doesn't make sense. And so this barrier exists between me and even the worship team. And I'm like, what in the world? And then they look at me like I'm dumb as dirt, right? They certainly believe I'm old as dirt. And so it's one of those things. It's a barrier. It's a real barrier that exists. But yet the Scripture the gospel teaches us that the old people are supposed to be pouring into and discipling the younger generation and the younger generation is supposed to respect the older generation that's what the gospel teaches but you see what I'm talking about and so we have these barriers there's no doubt and I just want to say this there's no doubt that there are racial barriers within the life of the church there are racial barriers within the life of the church there are people who have come here uh, and visited our church, and when they see the diversity that exists in their church, they don't stick around. They don't stick around because they, they have a problem with that. That's a, that's a real issue that is in our world today. We see this everywhere we go. But let me just say, for the record, I praise God for the diversity that we have in our church. Amen? I praise God for the racial diversity that we have in our church. I believe that when you get to heaven if you were against that sort of thing you're going to be in for a rude awakening because there's going to be a lot of color in heaven okay and so the reality is we have to overcome racial barriers that exist in the life of the church this is this is a reality this is this is a truth this is something that we need to and this is what Paul's going to be talking about he he, you know another one and I'll just go through these quickly but economic walls we we have in the life of the church we have we have uh we have uh rich people that look down on poor people and poor people who judge rich people and it's it's just one of those things that exists. we have we have uh cultural walls we have gender walls where you know one one gender may think they're superior because of you know over another gender and so these things exist in the life of the church let me just say this before we read our text and i know this is a long introduction The sermon's about six hours, so we're going to be here till this evening. But the reality is this. If we're ever going to be the light of the world, if we're ever going to be what Christ has called us to be, if we're going to be the salt of the earth, if we're going to be the light of the world, this is an issue we have to work through. This is an issue that we have to work through because the gospel speaks a very challenging message into the heart of believers and followers of Christ Jesus that goes completely against what we oftentimes see in the life of the church and so we're gonna look at that this morning read with me if you will Ephesians chapter 2 um, you know but here's what I love about what Paul's saying Paul's gonna say this is the reality in in our world the world that he existed in that he was living in this is a reality but here's what he's going to say to us listen to this this is cool Jesus changes it all amen Jesus changes everything. And so read this with me, if you will. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 11. The Apostle Paul, he says this. He says, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you By abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinances, that he may create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now, that's a long text, I know. But I tell you, there's so much to cover in this text. I wish we really had time to, to give it uh, this morning. But one of the things we begin to realize as we read through this is that the social climate during during Paul's life was not that uh, far off from where we find ourselves today. It's very similar to what we see in our world today. I want to show you how how this is and, and, and what I mean by that. Notice how the passage starts off here in verse 11. We read these words. It says, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called, and look at this, it's in quotation marks, Even the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. So here Paul is talking about this hostility that exists between Jews and Gentiles. He's, he's bringing that to the surface, okay? And he says. He says, in this, he says, remember that at one time, uh, you Gentiles in the flesh, you were called this uncircumcision. Some translations say the uncircumcised heathen, okay? And, And let me just say, this was not a term of endearment, okay? This was not them encouraging them. This was an offensive slang, that was being used. This was a word, this uncircumcision, it was a. it was an offensive flame, it was disrespectful. And what Paul is saying here is he says, You have been previously called this, okay? And so he's he's showing us, he's revealing to us the hostility, the conflict, the the, the discord, the disunity that existed between Jews and with Gentiles. And so he's he's really laying this out to us. You know and and i look at this and i think about the words that we use today as we talk about people of other color as we talk about people of other cultures as we talk about all these. i don't have to tell you these words you know these words right but we have them in our world today these words are used almost on a daily basis we probably all hear these words it it doesn't it doesn't matter but here's what we see We see where Paul is revealing to us, the church, he's revealing to us that there is a problem that exists. There is this this divide that exists between people who look different than one another, who act different than one another, who come from different backgrounds, who maybe have different political views. I mean, there's just differences in people, but there's this huge division that exists. And that's why he's writing. He's talking about all that jesus has done he's revealing this truth to us and what paul is uh, clearly laying out uh, before us is the gospel we know this he's talking about jesus he's talking about how the gospel breaks down these barriers the gospel breaks down these walls that exist in the in the culture in which we live he is saying to us as believers listen just because the world is like this it doesn't mean that we have to be like this in fact what Jesus Christ has done in our hearts should have changed the way we do business in this world amen and so think about this Jesus has called us to be the light of the world he's called us to go out into the community in which we live work and play and as we go out into the community we are called to be what? The light of the world. In other words, we are to reflect the goodness and the greatness of Christ Jesus. And what he's about to expose to us is that we can't do that when there's a lack of diversity in the church, and ultimately a lack of community, because authentic Christian community is diverse. It is diverse. And so we're going to look at that here this morning. We're going to dive into this. In our passage here, Paul is going to present to us three, three truths that I want to I give you. And here's the first one. This is where he, he starts out. And I think it's very interesting that Paul starts out here, and I think it's also very interesting. Uh, it's not just interesting, but it's, it's, it's wise of him to start here. I think there's purpose why he starts here. But here's where he starts out. He wants us to know that every one of us begins at the same place, that we are standing, as far as it relates to God, as far as it relates to spiritual matters, that we are all standing We are all beginning, we are all starting from the same place. Now I think this is important because the mindset that exists in our world today is that somehow we're better than others. You know, I mean, that exists in our mind. If we're not careful, if 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 we're educated, we think that people that are uneducated are just sort of beneath us. If we if, if we're a man, somehow we may think that you know women are beneath us. If we're, those are the barriers that exist. If if I'm white, maybe somehow I, I may think I'm better than someone who is black. I mean, those are things that, if we're not careful, can be in the heart of each and every one of us. And and every one of us has the 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 temptation, the opportunity to. Be less diverse than what the gospel teaches us to be. Every one of us, and so we have to be careful. We have to learn from this. And what Paul says here, the mindset is he says he says I want you to know that spiritually you start all at the same place. You know, I, I look at this and I, and I think, man, this is is really interesting. What is it about me being white that ever would 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 make me ever think that I'm better than someone of a different color? especially when I read what we're about to read here. And, and the truth is, I should never think that. I should never get to that place because Christ Jesus has done a work in my heart that has radically changed me. And if I begin to look through the lens of God at the rest of the world, I begin to see that I am so undeserving of what Christ has done in my life. Why would anybody else not need the same? And so here he's going to reveal this to us. Uh, now now let me just explain what I mean by by we all, every one of us we begin at the same place. Romans 3:10 says this, because no one is righteous, no, not one. You need to just grab onto that and use that as a launching pad before, or a or, or, or foundational truth before we dig into this. Remember, now he's talking about us spiritually. We're all starting at the same place, and so what the Bible tells us is that every single one of us in this room, before Christ Jesus, no one is righteous. No, not one. Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God." Did you catch that? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we know that before Christ, that without Christ in our life, that we are eternally separated from God. We're over here, we're in our our our, our, our self-righteousness and our, our unrighteousness, and over here there's Christ and the holiness of God and the, the, the perfection of God. And, and so there's this wall of hostility that builds up between us because what the Bible describes is that either... You're an enemy of God or you're a friend of God. Either you're someone who is uh, hostile toward God or you're a child of God. This is what the Bible, there's no middle ground here. You're in either one place or the other. And so the Bible is very clear that we all start out in this place where there's, there's none that are righteous, that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Look at Isaiah 59 too with me for just a moment. It says this, it says, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. And so this is what the gospel teaches us about our life pre-Christ. Now let's look at our passage. Because what Paul is doing is he's writing. And as the as the, the readers, the these this gathering in Ephesus begins to read this letter, they begin to hear what it is that Paul is writing. And then even today. Sever, you know, several thousand years later, as the church continues to read this passage, we begin to see something really incredible. Paul is going to remind us of something that's really interesting. He says here in verse 12, he says this, look with me. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant, Of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And so he reminds every believer, the word of God reminds every child of God that there was a time in your life where we began without Christ in our life, right? We're living our life and and there's an absence of God. I mean, God, not an absence of God. God has always been, but but we are we are strangers to God. We are we are alienated from God. But through Christ Jesus. That wall of hostility has been broken, and we've been wooed by the Spirit, and there's salvation that comes into the picture. But every one of us begins in this place. One of the things I was thinking about as I was looking at this, as I was just thinking through this message and what it is that that Paul is teaching here as he talks about us all beginning at the same place, is why would it be so critical that we know that? Why is it that we should understand that we all start out the same way and i believe it's because what paul is wanting to communicate to us is is this reality he's wanting to get it out of our heads that we are somehow better than anyone else on this planet we're all undeserving we're all in need of christ jesus every single one of us every person of every race every person of every political background every person uh, of the, the two different genders every person you know, the rich, the poor, every single b- person starts out at the same place. And one of the things I begin to realize, you know, as I thought about this is, you know, the gospel is never colorblind. It's never colorblind. But the gospel has always been color-engaging. You could say ethic-engaging. I mean, it, it crosses all kind of boundaries. We look in the scriptures and we see where Jesus crossed the boundaries with the Samaritan woman cultural boundary that exists he ignored it he plowed through it he he did what was socially unacceptable he crossed the line for the sake of salvation to this woman and so we see this it's a blank slate this is where we all start out but here's what I love what Paul does next here's the second truth that he presents to us he says we all start out at the same place and we're lost in our trespasses we're dead in our sins. but then he says this Jesus changes everything. How many of you agree with that this morning? Jesus changes everything. And that's what he goes into. He just rolls right into that. He says, man, don't you remember the day when you were alienated from Christ? Don't you remember the day when you were hostile toward God? Don't you remember those days? And then God came in by his spirit. He began to draw you near. He began to woo you. With his Holy Spirit he began to love you unconditionally when before you could even love him and all of these things are taking place into your life in your life and along comes Jesus and and we realize that Jesus is our Savior but look at this in verse 13 and 14 he says this he says you know all those things are true you were separated from God you were you had no hope without God in your life and then he says in verse 13 but now in Christ Jesus You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. I love that. Because here's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, because of what Jesus has done in our heart, there should exist no more a wall of hostility toward anyone else. He's saying, listen, God came into your life God radically transformed your heart. God saved you from your sin. And because now your heart has been changed, you are no longer seeing the world like you used to see the world. You are no longer looking at the lives of other people like you've always looked. Instead, you are looking into the world and you are seeing, you are seeing that, that things are different now. You are seeing people the way Christ sees people. It says Jesus changed everything. There should no longer be these walls, these barriers that, it, that once existed. Jesus changes everything. Through Christ, we are reconciled to God. We are made holy and we're made righteous. And through Christ, everything changes between us and God. No longer are we enemies of God, but now we are children of God. We are we are holy and, and righteous because of the work of Christ Jesus. He has changed everything about us, including our hearts. Now, I want to show you something because this is where it gets interesting. Go with me for a moment to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to show you this. This is really cool. So, Paul's writing to a different gathering. He's writing to the church in Corinth, and he's writing to this this church, the Corinthians, and he, he writes in his second letter uh, in, in, verse, in chapter 5, verse 18, he says this. I love this. He says, all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled him I mean us to himself that's what we've been talking about we were alienated we were separated god has brought us into the i mean christ has brought us into the presence of god that's reconciliation if you've ever wanted to explain the gospel in one word use the word reconciliation because he brought those who were far and he brought them into the presence of god christ through christ jesus we are reconciled to himself this is the truth Of the gospel. But look at what he says here. He says that through Christ, I mean, uh, that uh, all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us, look at this, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you see that? Now think about this. Jesus has commanded us and told us and proclaimed over our life that we are the light of the world. He's called us to go and make disciples of all nations. This is the task. This is the great commission. This is is who we are. He says, "I I have drawn you unto myself. I have saved you of your sins. You are no longer alienated. You are a follower of Christ Jesus. I have reconciled you to the Father, but I've also given you the ministry of reconciliation. What is the one thing that can divide, I mean, can break down the walls of division? Reconciliation. I love the song that we were singing, talking about Jesus kicking down. Kicking down any wall. How many of you believe that this morning? That that through Christ Jesus, he can plow through. He kicked down the wall. He destroyed the wall of hostility that existed between us and God. And he came after us and he pulled us in. He rescued us. How many of you thank Jesus for being rescued by his power and his grace? He rescued us from our sin. And now what we see here is that the gospel is teaching us that not only has Christ busted down the walls and rescued us, but he has given us the ministry of what? Of reconciliation. The same thing that he did for us, he has given us this ministry of reconciliation so that we too would break down the walls and we would go after people with the message that Jesus is their hope. What people? All people. Every single one. There should not exist in our hearts any walls, That would keep us from reaching anybody else in this world we are called to go out and be the light to a world that is dark we are called to go out and be the salt of the earth and so here we begin to see this we begin to understand this remember Matthew 5 14 and 16 you're the light of the world let your light shine before others you see diversity isn't the gospel But it is the fruit of our labor. It is the fruit of our labor when we embrace the ministry of reconciliation. Does that make sense? Diversity is not the gospel. The gospel is to carry Christ out into the world. But when we embrace this ministry of reconciliation, diversity becomes the fruit of our labor. Why is that? It's because true, authentic Christian community is diverse. It is diverse. And that brings us to our last truth that we're going to be looking at here this morning. The last one is this. God dwells. I love this. This is the best part of the whole thing, I think. God dwells in the midst of authentic Christian community. I love the the fact that Paul brings this up that he he sort of reveals to us there there's going to be a a a benefit to breaking through the walls of division the things that are that that we put in place that separate us from one people group to another when we begin to embrace this ministry of reconciliation when we go out into the world and we're looking through the lens of Christ rather than the lens of the world and we begin to see people not by what color they are or who they voted for but we begin to see people as people who need Jesus Christ because we know what Christ has done for us and, and we begin to see disciples made because God is going to be faithful in drawing more and more men and women unto himself and God begins to change lives and God begins to work and God begins to show out and God begins to do what he does best when all that begins to happen, we begin to see this truth that Paul brings up, that God dwells in the midst, listen to this, in the midst of authentic Christian community. Look at this with me, if you will. In verse 19, it says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of Of the household of God so here's our goal to be to be fellow citizens with one another to come together in a spirit of community to go out into the community in which we live work and play and be the light of the world to go out and to proclaim the goodness of Christ Jesus and when we begin to do that we begin to show people the truth of Christ we begin to allow people to see what authentic Christianity really looks like, what the church is supposed to look like because we're living our lives embracing diversity, knowing that this is what the gospel has called us to. And what begins to happen is authentic Christian community begins to form and people begin to look at our life and they begin to see, really see Jesus. I love what someone once said. They said this, when we live in a Christian community with those who are different than us, then we show a little taste of heaven to those around us. In other words, when we begin to live lives of diversity, as children of God who are diverse in every way, people look into our life and they see a glimpse of heaven. They see a glimpse of heaven. And I believe that's what the Apostle Paul is revealing to us this morning. Diversity becomes the fruit of our labor as we embrace the gospel message of Jesus Christ for what it is. The church for too long has has taken the gospel and tried to define it for what it means for them, building walls around white churches, building walls around black churches, building walls to keep the others out. And what the gospel teaches us so that's not a good look at Christianity. That's not what Christianity is supposed to be. And so Paul's dealing with this. And I love how he wraps this passage up. and this is what I want to sort of close out with here this morning, starting with verse 19. He says, "So then you are no longer children, uh, no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets christ jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows look at this grows into a holy temple in the lord Now, here's what i want you to see look at verse 22 we're almost done it grows into a holy temple in the lord in him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You know what my prayer for you is every single day? That as you live your life, you would experience the fullness of God. I think Christians today are so good at just settling for just a little bit of Jesus and missing out on everything that Jesus has to offer. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, is that every one of us in this room would, would experience the fullness of God. Man, do I pray for the fullness of God to come into our hearts and, and our minds and, and the desires of our heart would be to pursue Jesus with everything that we are, with our heart, with our soul, with our minds, everything that we are, that we would pursue Jesus because Jesus is our first love and that that we don't want anything else in this world but to experience more of who he is and more of what God is and, and experience the fullness of God in our life. My prayer is that we would understand that we are called together. God gathers us together to be a dwelling place for his spirit. We come in here today, no doubt, as individual followers of Christ with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But God wants to do more in our lives collectively as a church. He wants to come and He wants to dwell among us and He wants to gather us that He could scatter us into the world and we could be the light of the world in the darkness and that people would come to know Jesus Christ for who He is and that they would discover the same truth that we know, that He is our hope. In a world that is so hopeless in a world that is so hopeless and so here we read in verse 22 in him meaning Jesus you are being built look at this this word here together there's no place for individualism here there's no place for that God is gathering us He is building us. He is growing us. He is molding and shaping us together. Do you see that? He is growing us together. He is building us together into, look at this, a dwelling place for himself. My prayer is that when people walk into this place, they would see genuine love for one another. That when they walk into this place they would see genuine community they would see authentic Christian community in this place they would look around and there would be something that as they look around they say this is much different than anything else I've ever experienced and it's not you or me or the band it's not them that is uh, that they're putting their finger on they, in fact they just look around and they just realize there's just something different about this place And though they may not can put their finger on it initially, what they're experiencing is the fullness of God, a place where God is dwelling among his people. And what they are seeing is the light of the world. They're seeing the image of Christ as they walk our halls and they come to our life groups and they participate in our ministries. They're seeing the light of Jesus everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. prayer is that as they walk into this place they would discover Christ is their hope in just a moment I'm gonna pray and my prayer also this morning is that in whatever way God has challenged you spoken into your heart whatever way God has has stirred your soul your heart I pray that you would just respond to that I believe, I honestly believe that God is wanting to speak to every single one of us here this morning. That God has a message for you. Maybe you didn't hear a single word I said today, but you were listening to God the whole time. Maybe that's where you've been. I just pray that today as God speaks into our hearts, that you would be faithful to respond in whatever way that is maybe for you this morning is to come to this altar and lift up our nation our nation let me just say this our nation is in trouble our country is in trouble our world is in trouble if you're unaware of this just turn on the the news and i understand that's not always real accurate but 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 just look around our world is in trouble The world is a very dark place, and Christ has already identified the church as the light of the world. I believe it begins with us falling on our faces before God and praying to a holy and righteous God to use us in a mighty way. Let us pray for our country, let us pray for the racial divide that we see, let us pray for the the generational divide. Even in this church, that that young people would desire to 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 be close to older people and older people would desire to be close to young people. Even though there may be a little awkwardness in the beginning, that's God's way. Discipleship breaks through generational barriers. Let us allow diversity into our life. Let us pray. Let us seek God. Let us us worship Him. Let us just come. Maybe today you're here today and you've, you've heard this and you say, you know, I've heard a lot about the gospel and I still have some questions. Our pastors are down front. I'm down here. If you want to come and speak to us, if you want us to pray for you. But for heaven's sakes this morning, let us listen to Jesus. Let us allow our hearts to be stirred that God would use the message of His truth to radically transform our lives.